So if you don't think you can win, why even enter the race? Why follow somebody else when you can set the pace and show everybody else how it's done? What's the point of even going to the party unless you're sure that you're going to make a great impression? And why be okay with average when amazing is within your grasp? This morning, we're continuing a teaching series that we've been in for the last few weeks called On the Road to Realness, where we are talking about nine different paths that people walk, different personalities you could say that they have, as we discover them in different characters in the scriptures. And the goal is for each one of us to kind of discern our path, the one that we're on, the one that fits us best, but then listen, listen for God's unique word of grace to us on our particular road. And today, uh, we're talking to all the overachievers in the room. Uh, today, we're talking to the people who, who don't know how to see life as anything other than a game of competition and comparison. Uh, we're talking to the people who want to be the best, do the best, who make checklists and crush all their goals. Today, we're talking to the people who are on the road of achievement. And the people who are on the road of achievement, they would resonate with and nod their head in agreement to all those statements that I started with. Now, now the people who are on the road of achievement are typically pretty easy to spot. Uh, they tend to be uh, very put together. Uh, they're very image conscious. They look good. Uh, they're usually at work, so you can probably find them in their office or, or on their phone, you know, getting some deal done. Uh, if you're at a party with one of these people and there's someone else in the room who is a person of, of renown or accomplishment, this person is probably next to them, having a conversation with them, or they're standing in a corner with you telling you how they already know them and they can totally hook you up with them. That's what you see on the outside. They're also the excellent coach of their kids' soccer team. They make all the other moms laugh in the coffee clutch after school. They're making their way up the ladder at work, and there's this, this beam of light that always seems to shine on them and the work that they do, at least in their own eyes. But on the inside, there's a different monologue that's happening. What you see on the outside is, is beautiful and bright, but on the inside, there's something different. I mean, it's not all bad, but, but you get a, a glimmer into the motivation of the people who walk the road of achievement. Uh, let me see if any of this resonates with you. This is the inner dialogue of the achiever. I want to be perceived as successful and capable. I can find a way to convince just about anyone of just about anything. What makes me happy is being productive, being excellent, and having people appreciate me for my productivity and my excellence. What other people call failure or faults, I will conveniently redefine as lessons learned and opportunities for growth. To put it bluntly, I'd rather be in charge. I can tell instinctively what it will take to be successful. I'm very personable, but I'm not personal. I don't reveal too much about myself. It can take a while for me to figure out how I feel. It's difficult for me to articulate my emotions. I love setting and crushing goals. But in my heart, my great secret is this. I'm afraid that I'm a phony. 
Now, if some of that resonates with you, it may just be that you are on the road of achievement. And it may also be that you feel a bit uh, exposed or vulnerable because I've kind of shown a little bit of your inner monologue. But be comforted with this. You are in great company from a biblical perspective. Uh, there, is, there is one person, one character in the Christian scriptures who embodies the, the road of achievement perhaps, perhaps more than, than anybody else. Jacob is on the Mount Rushmore of Old Testament figures. He is the, 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 the patriarch in the Old Testament, one of three patriarchs in the Old Testament. Uh, he is a man who was incredibly successful in his life, a man for whom his life could be summarized in two great themes. The two great themes of Jacob's life were striving and blessing. Striving and blessing. Uh, the name Jacob in Hebrew means to strive. It means, it means to reach for something. And quite literally, from the moment Jacob was born, he was reaching and striving for something greater than what he was given. He, he has a twin named Esau. And his twin, Esau, was going to be born first. And newborn Jacob did not like that. And so in the moment of his birth, as Esau exits the womb, the scriptures tell us that Jacob is holding onto his heel as if to pull him back to try and win the race out of the womb. Everything becomes a competition for these people. And then once he's born, he sets his sights on stealing the pole position in the family lineage. He, he convinces his older brother to give him the title of firstborn. <laughs> and then he convinces, rather he fools his aging father into giving him the family blessing, with, which came with a whole lot of promises and a whole lot of blessing. And then he takes his, his stolen stature and he takes his, his blessing and all the promises of God and then he sets out to build this successful life. And so he goes into this land... Um, owned by a man named Laban, and now he's focused on getting the best wife a person could ever get. And not only does he get one wife, he gets two wives. He's an overachiever. And then while he's in Laban's land, he, he crushes it. He, he is innovative, he adapts to his surroundings, and he becomes like the Elon Musk of the ancient world. He's like the, the Bezos of Babylon, and he becomes rich beyond his wildest dreams. Wherever he's planted, he blooms. Whatever challenge is in front of him, he overcomes it. If there's something that he wants out in front of him, he strives for it so he can have the blessing in his hands. He's striving to achieve and he is determined to wring every ounce of blessing and acclaim and success out of life that he possibly can. And without fail, he finds a way. Part of the, the message of Jacob's life is that he's never not successful. Never. Uh, to the point that this is how the book of Genesis describes him. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 30, verse 43. This is in reference to Jacob. It simply says this, just four words. The man increased greatly. He was born striving, born climbing, born to grab the blessing, and man... At every turn, he got it. He increased greatly. Those who walk this road of achievement, they, they seem to have like a superpower. And their superpower is to be able to walk into any environment or to be in, in any relationship 
and to know instinctively what it will take to surpass expectations without, without the environment really explicitly telling them. It, it could be a team at work, it could be a, a co-worker, an individual, uh, it could be serving at church, it could be being a parent of, some of, the, uh, of one of the children on the soccer team. They know in whatever moment, in whatever group that they're in, what it's going to take to meet and surpass every expectation. And that's part of the, the blessing that the achievers bring to the world. That they show the rest of the world that you can reach uh, great potential. You can reach nearly your fullest potential, and you can show the rest of the world what's possible when you try. And the people who are on the road of achievement, they, they inspire the rest of us. It's admirable to see somebody constantly aiming for the blessing and laying hold of it, and, and meeting and surpassing their goals or being really audacious in the things that they want to accomplish. And even their effort in such things is impressive. And it makes the rest of us go, man, maybe I should try a little harder. If they work so hard, if they try so much, if they succeed like that, maybe I can do the same. And if, if you're walking the road of achievement, that's, that's what we have to thank you for. Thank you for showing us what's possible and for getting us to expect a little more of ourselves. But with every road, there's rocks. We've talked about it in this series. With every path that people are on, there are pitfalls they can fall into. And as much as the people on the road of achievement want to hide it, they've got rocks that they trip over too. And they've got, they've got potholes that they fall into. The difficulties on the road of achievement are twofold. They struggle with deceit and neglect. Uh, they struggle with deceit in terms of self-deception. It's not that everyone who's trying to achieve is a liar, although they are tempted to be. Whatever it takes. The primary deception in the life of the achiever is that they deceive themselves. And then in all of their effort and earning and accomplishing, they neglect the relationships that matter most. You, you see, if you're a Jacob, if, if you're all about striving and attaining the blessing, then what you're saying is, uh, life is about performing. It's about discerning what audience I'm in at any given time and giving that audience whatever they need in order to give me the blessing that they have and that I want. And then very easily, a lie creeps in. Uh, the lie that says, I am what I do for all these different audiences. I am my accomplishments. And then that lie gives birth to other lies, and the other lies are more insidious. Lies that, that go like this. I don't exist unless I'm awesome. I don't matter unless I make an impact. I am only as loved as my latest success. And when those lies take root, then suddenly being good at your job, being a good parent, it's no longer about being faithful. It's like an existential emergency. And it adds this, this urgency to everything that you do that then justifies neglecting all the people that actually matter. It's really hard for people who are on the road of achievement to be present at home even when they're present at home. Like they love the kids, but being on the floor, like rolling around with the kids for more than like 10 minutes feels like a real sacrifice. It's really hard for them to go on vacation. Like even on their vacation, they're trying to pad their resume. Like what'd you do on vacation? Oh, it was great, I got my scuba certification. 
and then I read two books on branding. Also, my wife was there. People who are on the road of achievement can be very impressive and, and, and can be very admirable, but it can be very difficult for the people who are married to them or who have them as a parent because you can often feel as though, even, even though they love you, they love their, they love their ambitions more. The rocks on this road are self-deception and neglect of the people that matter most. And you see that in Jacob's life. You, you see this in all the relationships that he has. His relationship with his father is, is now based on deception. His relationship with his twin, he should be close with his twin. His relationship with his twin is, is sideways at best. His relationship with Laban is toxic. So much so that eventually he, he gets to this point where he's worried that that Esau is going to kill him and his family. Listen to what happens. This is Genesis chapter 32, verse 11. This is, this is later in Jacob's life. His relationship with Esau has deteriorated. He's been personally successful, but it's come at tremendous cost to his relationships. And now, in a moment of desperation, he's praying. And he says this, Dear Lord, please deliver me from the hand of my brother Esau, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me, the mother's, and the children. Jacob knew the cost of all of his striving. It had corrupted his relationship with Esau, so much so that he feared his brother was going to kill him. And, and this moment represents like rock bottom for Jacob. When you feel that your twin, from whom you stole the blessing, is going to hunt you down and kill your family, you might need to reflect on the choices that you've made. This is rock bottom for Jacob. And in desperation, he's calling out to God, to help. Now, now here's the tough truth that, that everyone who's on the road of achievement needs to hear. On the road of achievement, growth and change and maturity often only come after you journey through rock bottom. On the road of achievement, growth and change and maturity come through a reckoning of some sorts. People who are focused on success and the admiration of others and being perceived as, as successful in the eyes of the world, it, it really is, is often the only thing that will shake them out of that obsession is, is a failure or a falling down or a difficulty in life that's presented to them that they can't immediately conquer and overcome. They just have to deal with it. So it might be that you are the, the youngest person in your family to ever have a heart attack. Congratulations. <laughs> or that your spouse looks at you and says, I, I can't do this with you anymore. Or you have a nervous breakdown. Or some secret sin that you've been hiding out in the dark comes into the light and knocks you off the pedestal that you've created in the eyes of so many people. I'm not saying it's always that bad or it's always that dire, but, but almost without fail, there will be a reckoning of some sorts. There will be a rock bottom of some sorts because those who are so focused on striving and grabbing the blessing, often the only thing that will awaken them to who they really are, which is a sinner in need of grace, who really loves them, family and friends who don't need them to perform and be awesome, and who they're really wrestling with, God. The 
only time they'll realize that is when they're at the end of themselves. And that's what happens with Jacob. Jacob is, is wrapping up his prayer, and in the middle of the night, something crazy happens. He's, he's attacked in the middle of the night. And, and at first, he doesn't know who it is. He assumes that it's probably Esau because he was afraid that Esau was going to come and, and kill him. So he starts to, to fight. I mean, Jacob's been a fighter. He's been climbing the ladder and trying to be successful. And so when he's attacked in the middle of the night by this unknown assailant, he fights for his life. He fights until morning. Until finally something really strange happens. Let me read this again to you. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob... The man that Jacob was wrestling touched Jacob's hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. So the man who Jacob is wrestling in the middle of the night lets Jacob fight against him for hours and hours and hours so that Jacob is drained. And then finally, this person that's wrestling Jacob, because it's really God, he takes his divine power, and, and in the original language it says it very gently, very gently just just touched Jacob's hip and didn't just dislocate it, but like devastated it is what it says. So he gently touches Jacob's hip, devastates it. So now Jacob is, is wounded. He's, he's kind of marked for life. And now Jacob being wounded, here's what happens. Then the Lord said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob wounded in his hip says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob's going to Jacob, man. I got to get that blessing. Now, now, this is a bit of a strange encounter, but, but it's really powerful. He, he, here, here's what's happened. Once, once he's touched in the hip by this divine power that obliterates his hip socket, Jacob knows who's he rest, who he's wrestling with. He knows that he is wrestling God. So Jacob is, is aware, I'm wrestling God, I'm weak, and I'm wounded. I'm already at the end of myself. And in his weakness and in his woundedness, knowing he's with God... He has the wherewithal to hold on to God and say, I need your blessing. You see, God attacked Jacob so that Jacob would awaken to the fact that God is the one that Jacob's really been wrestling with his entire life. It's not really been about Esau. It's not really been about Laban. It's not, it's not been about being successful in the eyes of the world. The one Jacob needs to come to terms with and wrestle with is his maker because it's his maker who is the only one that can give him the blessing that he really needs. The blessing can't come from getting the right spouse. The blessing can't come from getting the birthright from his brother. The blessing can't come from being successful in enterprise. It, it can't. It can only come from God. And when God tackles him in the dead of night, wounds him in the hip, Finally, his eyes are open, and he says, I'm weak. I'm at the end of myself. You're the one I need. And that's the moment of transformation for Jacob. That's the moment that he's changed. Quite literally, God changes his name from Jacob to Israel, which means kind of symbolically he's recreated. This is like the moment of salvation for Jacob. He now becomes Israel, which means wrestles with God. And, and God then shows him his face. God shows to Jacob the fullness of his presence, which typically kills a human being because God's so holy and we're so not. But God shows the fullness of his face to Jacob, and that, that's a sign of complete acceptance and love. Jacob now has every blessing that he's ever wanted. 
If you're on the road of achievement, God's aim for you is to give you the same experience. I mean, he's not going to like break into your house in the dead of night and put you in a headlock. That probably won't happen. But he will let you fall. He will let you stumble. He will let you fail. He will let you be confronted with some crisis that you can't immediately overcome. He will let you be wounded so that you can see how weak you are, that you can see he's the one that you really have to reconcile yourself with, and that you can understand the blessing ain't going to come from being CEO. The blessing ain't going to come from crushing my goals. The blessing comes from you. And in that moment, when you're at the end of yourself, when you're a failure, in that moment, and you reach out to God and say, you're the one I need, you're the one I'm fighting with, you've got the blessing that can satisfy. At that moment, God will give you a new name, and he will show you his face. Here's what I mean. He won't call you Israel if that name's taken. You know what he'll call you? He'll call you baptized, beloved, chosen, and forgiven, because that's who you are now, through Jesus Christ. And he'll show you his face. You know what the face of God is? It's Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected for you. He will put that in front of your broken, unsuccessful eyes. And he will show you Jesus Christ who has died for you to forgive it all. And who's risen for you to conquer the grave that you're so desperately trying to outrun with all of your achievements. And that's when transformation happens for you. That's when growth happens for you. That's where, that's where maturity comes from for you. You'll be able to, to walk out of those moments, able to be a little more present with your family because you know what matters now. You'll be able to walk out of those moments and still be a go-getter, but also be able to lift up some other people and let them get at it because your ego is now secure in the love and the blessing and the grace of God. You can actually focus on some other people for a change and let them experience success and make your greatest success not yours, but theirs. Look, I don't know why God works like this, that he, that he wounds us and tackles us in the dead of night. I don't know why he chooses to work that way, but on the road of achievement especially, this is how he works. As C.S. Lewis once famously said, God whispers to us in our successes, but he screams to us in our struggles. And to the person who's on the road of achievement, when you struggle, God is screaming at you. <laughs> Not condemnation. He's screaming at you saying, I'm the one you need. And I've got blessing and forgiveness and mercy and grace and power that is yours. Will you listen? Now, if you're on this road of achievement, just a couple things that you need as you move forward. Knowing that God is going to grow you through moments of rock bottom and reckoning, <laughs> there's some other things you need to take with you. Um, I, I think specifically of three things. Number one, in order to grow, in order to get mature, in order to be healthy on this road, you need some solitude in your life. You need some safe people in your life, and you need some... Some, some sensible and, I would say, sincere goals in your life. Now, now here's what I mean. Um, because you're so focused on doing and achieving and accomplishing, very often there's, there's no space for thinking or reflection or feeling. And there's also very little space for you to engage in your relationship with God. And so, so you have to make space and time for those things. 
And so you need a rhythm and a practice and a discipline of solitude where you can be quiet and listen to yourself and listen to him so you can know what you're feeling. But also, these moments of solitude offer you the opportunity for regular moments of tiny reckoning so that perhaps you might avoid the big reckoning down the road. If on a daily basis you are admitting your need for God and confessing your sins and you're hearing him say to you that you're blessed in Jesus Christ, that transforms you and changes you and encourages you. That, that's what you need. But you also need safe people around you. You need people with whom you can be completely honest and transparent about all the things you're struggling and they're not going to have their jaw drop and be aghast and run away and leave you. And there are some people who just need you to perform. They just need you to be excellent and to be awesome, to be good at all the things you're trying to be good at. And they, don't, they mean well, but they're not safe people. If you showed them all your struggles, they would be mortified and they'd run away. What you need are people who don't need you to be great, who don't need you to be perfect. You can show them everything and they won't leave and they will still love you. You need those people and you need to tell them things. And then you need sincere goals. If you're on the road of achievement, you got goals. I know you. You got a book and you carry your goals in the book. And you gladly show people, look how many of them are checked off. Would you like to be like me? Those are goals that are typically based on the expectations of everybody else around you. You need goals for your life, for your family, for your career that are based on your values, not everybody else's needs, that are based on your faith, not everybody else's expectations, so that in the end, when you arrive at the end of your life, you will have aimed at some things that matter rather than just earned the acclaim of others. Likewise, if you love somebody who's on the road of achievement, there is one thing that they need from you above every other thing. They need truth. Like I said, deceit, self-deception is the biggest struggle for the Jacobs in this world. And, and what they need is for you to be modeling what it looks like to, to be open and honest and transparent about struggles so they know what that looks like and they know it's safe to do that and they can mimic that. But even more so, they need you actively in their lives speaking truth to three big lies that they tell themselves. Now, the first big lie that, that everybody who's on this road tells themselves is this. It's not okay to have flaws. It's not okay to not be okay. And what you need to do is tell them the truth. You are a human being. It's okay to be imperfect. Second lie they tell themselves is that I always got to be on. I got to be doing. I got to be performing. I got to be reading something, working something, doing something. I got to meet the expectations of the people around me. That's a lie. You got to tell them that it's okay to rest. And, and that it's okay to show the world something less than awesome. Because if you're on this road, you don't believe that. And then the third lie they tell themselves is that underneath my accomplishments and all the masks that I wear, there's nothing. Nothing that matters, nothing that people will care about, nothing that will impress. And what you have to tell them is, look, I see the real you behind all of this, and I love you. The great fear of everyone who's on the road of achievement is that people will see the real them and that they'll end up alone. And you have to tell them, I see you and I love you and I'm not leaving you, which is what God said to Jacob, essentially.
Verse 31 tells us that Jacob left that moment walking with a limp. And he probably walked with a limp for the rest of his life. He left that encounter with God with a physical reminder of being wrestled in the darkness by God. But then he carried in his heart confidence that he was blessed and beloved by God. As you walk this road of achievement, if you're on this road of achievement, you are going to fall, you're going to falter, you're going to hit the ground. And when you do, don't immediately get up and try to fix it. Don't immediately try to hide it. Sit in it. Be wounded for a little while. And in the woundedness, call out to God. And then hear him respond with blessing. You're chosen and you're forgiven and you're loved. And let that transform you. And then get up from sitting in that wound and go be awesome. Just go be awesome. But walk with a limp in your step and peace in your heart. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Jacob and we thank you for all the, the people in our lives who live out that story, who are, who are striving and earning and accomplishing we thank you for all the good they bring into this world. But Lord, uh, we pray that you would help us communicate to them the fact that we love them apart from all the accomplishments that they have. But moreover, we pray that their hearts would be open to the truth long before some, some dark and difficult reckoning that, that, you, that you see the real them and you love them and you forgive them in Jesus Christ and that they belong to you. We pray that these people on this road would have peace in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.